Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope uh, that everyone's having a good week as we turn towards our our final week of the summer uh, before we take a break and then come back together for our environmental series starting in September. And we come back to this place every year um, with a new theme, a new outlook on where we are with climate care uh, and environmental justice. So we're going to be moving towards a series on eco-spirituality, which I I just really love that direction that we're going to head towards. Um, So again, reminder that next Sunday we will have off. So I hope that you'll be able to spend that time doing whatever restores you, whether that's being out in nature, joining with friends, Maybe a drag brunch is on the table. That's just my two cents. Um, But I do hope that you'll be able to find something that restores you on that day. So this week we turn back towards the lectionary. We are in Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 17. And I'm going to read out of the First Nations version of the text. Um, I'll post both the Common English Bible version and this First Nation version on our website page for the podcast. Um, But I really want to engage this text specifically through this version and explore, one, why this version uses the phrase, creator sets free for the person of Jesus, and what this text holds for us in terms of our understanding of healing, and more importantly, liberation, both in a communal and individual sense. So here's our reading from 13. This is, On another day of resting, Creator sets free, Jesus, who was teaching at a gathering house. There was a woman who had a spirit of weakness for 18 winters. Her back was bent and twisted so she could not stand up straight. When Creator sets free, Jesus saw her. He told her to come to him and said, Honored woman, you are set free from your weakness. He put his hands on her and right away, she stood up straight and gave thanks to the great spirit. The headman of the gathering house was offended because creator sets free. Jesus had healed on the day of resting. He stood up and told the people, are there not six other days to do your work? Come on one of those days to be healed, not on the day of resting. Creator sets free, Jesus helped the woman back to her seat. He then turned to the headman with a look of sorrow mixed with anger on his face. You who wear false faces, he said to the headman. Is there anyone who would not untie his horse on the day of resting and take it to a watering hole? This woman is a daughter of father of many nations, Abraham. An accuser, that evil trickster, has kept her this way for 18 winters. Why should she not be set free on the day of resting? The enemies of Creator sets free, Jesus, were put to shame by his words, but the hearts of the people jumped for joy because of the wonderful things he was doing. We've used this version of the New Testament before, but I'll use this as an opportunity to introduce it in a more formal way. Um, Terry M. Wildman, who's from Ojibwe and Yaqui uh, tribe background, is a lead translator, general editor, and project manager of this First Nations version. So this is a culmination of a translation process that took over five years, and it's a collaboration between um, 
over 25 different tribes, um, as well as a translation council. And this consisted of native North American elders, pastors, young adults, and folks from different tribes and diverse geographic locations. Um, so what's been interesting is seeing the responses uh, for First Nations people, um, as well as others who are biblical scholars, that this is a version that contributes towards decolonizing the English language translations um, and allowing it to counter the narrative of Christianity that's typically been seen through um, a, a white Eurocentric view. And so Wildman wrote, the word translation doesn't really describe this project. It's more of a retelling of the scriptures in the tradition of the storytellers of oral cultures. Um, the First Nations version is not intended to replace standard translations, but to present the scriptures with word textures and choices that relate in a general way to Native Americans and other First Nations English-speaking people. So it doesn't negate the, the cultural value or the accuracy of the text itself. It simply is that the purpose of this text is cultural rather than linguistic, rather than being a direct translation from the Greek original text. Um, and so I think it allows us to explore the text and to hear it in a new way um, that I think in this language of creator sets free, of being set free um, on the day of healing draws draws to mind, at least for me, an, an image of liberation, um, that, it, that it can't wait uh, for the day of resting to be done. And so I think um, just to kind of frame where I, where I see this text, that it is more so that it's not about lack, um, but instead it is about liberation. Um, I don't think this woman lacked anything. There was no hole in her heart, no inability uh, to live life in a way that she had grown accustomed to. I think it is very important to make clear as we move towards a hope of liberation that more often than not, it is not an issue of something lacking per se, right? That there's not, uh, marginalized folks do not lack a voice. Instead, they have been systemically silenced. This woman did not lack worth due to her condition. Um, and in fact, she is not the one who asks for healing. Jesus is the one who meets her in this space. And I think this points towards something, that Jesus, as this personhood of creator sets free, moves us to have a life in fullness and sets out to free us from those things that hold us captive. This could mean, potentially, right, in this framework of the story that we receive, sickness, but more so attitude or judgment that imprison or constrict us. Um, and here in this text, it is the distorted religiosity of the religious leaders um, who insist that even healing needs to be regulated according to Sabbath law. I think... Uh, an interesting and perhaps useful kind of cross uh, contextualization is Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a book called Why We Can't Wait. And 
this letter is issuing a call for urgency. He wrote it as a response to clergymen who had criticized the, his activities in Birmingham um, and were trying to, you know, force him towards a patient and restrained approach, right? A um, more neutral or what is the word? Um, you know, po- polite per se version. Um, and this letter that Martin Luther King Jr. shares, it is expressing um, this disappointment with the white moderate, right, who um, would be in that frame or in that space of, you know, if you're not being outwardly vocal, if you're not um, in your own time or way or space contributing towards uh, a notion of justice or liberation, it favors the side of the oppressor. Um, Desmond Tutu says that exactly. If you're neutral in situations of injustice, you've chosen the side of the oppressor. Which sounds very direct, and but yet it has and holds this truth of why we can't wait. Um, right, there are seasons and times in which we're able to step forward in more direct ways towards issues of justice, and then there are times in which resting is the work of justice. Um, But all in all, this is kind of the basic argument um, that that still speaks today and still speaks to the story. And the key, I think, is that Jesus' argument against this leader, um, who objects to the act of healing women on the Sabbath, the leader doesn't express uh, any qualms necessarily about the healing. Um, but this woman's condition, you know, she had lived with it for almost two decades. Um, but Jesus' response was direct in that, saying, why cause this woman to suffer another day? When we take care of our animals, when we lead them to water, are we not caring for another even on the Sabbath? Why would a human law apply when instead it is preventing someone from receiving healing or liberation? Right. So we can get into a whole conversation about the intention of the Sabbath, right? The value where it is, you know, pretty good day for setting people free. Um, we, we often, I think, overlook the beauty of Sabbath, and I am the first to admit that I am absolutely terrible. What I do is, is not restful all the time, um, and so there is something to be said about the intentionality behind setting aside space, but what if it is still okay to engage in the work of justice, of healing, and conversations, and love? Um, towards one another. Isn't it work in some ways when we meet together on Sundays and have conversation, but it's headed towards liberation. It's headed towards this idea that we can be set free, um, that we can work towards a vision of heaven on earth, that we can work towards seeing the good and the dignity and worth in all humans, um, that we can fight systemic injustice. um, And it takes all of us. Um, something that I think is incredibly important also to name in the space is how Jesus calls attention to 
the dehumanizing nature of what this woman was going through, that it wasn't just a physical pain. Um, in the, the First Nations version, it calls it a spirit of weakness, but um, right, think of a, a crippling long-term ailment um, that, especially in this culture, People would turn away, would ignore her, would put her as you know the lowest of the low, and this is the alienation and the isolation that I think also is more at the root of our separation, not just um, from our our dynamic with the divine as much as our dynamic with other people. Um, so in bringing together these ideas of creator sets free and seeing, you know, a space of working towards a hope of liberation on earth, we have a desire to see this intention now. And yet many have been in waiting. Some issues have taken place for centuries and other factors also make folks prone to wait, even if waiting perpetuates the suffering of another. Right, that there are there are ways that we can live comfortably and protected, um, and you know not always see the ultimate goal in front of us. Um, I think also there's sometimes like the religious leaders a commitment to idealism and principles that slows down healing, even folks who are well-meaning. Um, but instead, we have to do what works, right? Not always what is necessarily the quote-unquote most right thing to do. Um, I've used and heard that phrase so many times uh, throughout my work of what I do uh, with meeting folks of, you know, your way of being present, perhaps even of coping, may not always seem, you know, the first one that other people might choose, but you have to allow to be what works for you. So whether that's in an individual sense of healing, of coping, of grieving, whether that's in a communal sense, whether we are working towards systemic justice, climate care, taking care of one another, even within our community, um, there are levels of individual and communal ways that we can mold and put our lives in a direction that again, isn't trying to fill in for some lack or some shame that we need to carry around, but instead is moving us towards wholeness, is moving us towards a sense of being that aligns with our values, aligns with who we believe each other and ourselves to be. Dr. Emily Town says, there will be times when God seems far off and the pathway unclear, but seek healing we must. We are inheritors of the gift of healing of the bent-over woman who stood up straight and began praising God. And as we begin to explore healing, I use this frame of, you know, we are a home. Um, and sometimes we have to open up the dark rooms that we've left, the, you know, junk drawers that we haven't gone through in a while, in order to truly work towards some form of healing. Um, and it also allows us to walk through these doors to discover the grace and hope and moving past judgment that might be behind each next door in each next room. And let me tell you, it is hard to do this work in the midst of 
life's events, meetings, work, the space of life, of birth and healing, of death, of grief, and yet this is what we call towards. This is what we hope for. And in that, I am excited to join you on Sunday for conversation. I'm going to link to a few resources on the website, and hopefully that'll be helpful um, as we consider the story and this text, the First Nations version, together. <laughs>